I'm picturing a drum roll in my head right now. I mean, it's more of an audio thing, but good. No, I'm I'm just picturing <laughs> it. I'm not hearing it. I'm just picturing it. Thank you for ruining the moment. <laughs> Chicago, we'll say with our chest that of all the sports, soccer is the best. We're talking fire, the Red Stars, Premier League to boot. With Brady, Dave, and Herman, you might learn a thing or two, cause we're the Windy City. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Windy City Wingers podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Fire, Chicago Red Stars, and a trip all across the world for a soccer update from all over the globe. My name is Alex Herman, and I'm joined, as always, by Brady Olson and Dave Kolichkowski. Ian is working the board, making us sound better and smarter than we really are. So, Ian, thank you, as always, for everything that you do for us. Today is May 24th, which means that yesterday was the final round of the PGA Championship, which may not mean much to a lot of people, but for golf addicts like me, that was awesome. Love to see it. Watched every minute of it. And congratulations to Phil Mickelson for winning the PGA Championship. He is the oldest person ever at 50 to win a PGA major event. And he plays from the correct side of the ball. Mm, that would be the wrong side of the ball, actually. Yes, they. the commentators mentioned several times he would probably go down as the best left-handed player of all time. So for you, Brad, he's your idol. Yeah, just give me two. Brad's. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, good. <laughs> so... A ton of things happened uh, this past weekend. A lot of big soccer games, uh, including one that was attended by Dave and Brad. Jealous I am because what a beautiful day that was, too. Um, And we ended up winning that game. The fire did. Um, That was against uh, Inter-Miami. It was Saturday, May 22nd, a late afternoon game, sunny warm. I'm sure you were both very well served before that game started. And you got, you brought us that first W of the season, which means you are both good luck charms and uh, you need to attend all future home fire games. That's a necessity. So how much fun did we have all of the fun? Oh yeah. It was an amazing time. Uh, We were some of the first people into Soldier Field. Made it so cool yet so unique. Soldier Field itself looked glorious. Dave, what do you think? Oh, I thought it was fantastic. Although I thought it was a VIP event for a while when we first walked (laughs) in, it was so empty. Um, But you know, it it was, it was a really unique experience. Um, we got served fairly well at the Atlantic earlier in the day too, under the new management, which is a whole, you know, new world for us. And I'm sure Brady, it hurts a bit, but it's also awesome. So it's still open. It's still Tottenham bar. 
So it nice. w- w- it was a beautiful day. It was it was perfect. What else can we say? We got the W. We've been signed yeah. by the fire to attend the rest of the games this year. So yeah. This is true. <laughs> well, good. Glad to hear it. And uh yeah, I'm jealous. I was I was thinking about you guys when I was uh inside watching golf uh (laughs) because i had golfed earlier that day and was just sitting on the couch but it was sunny warm outside i thought of both of you um what was the beer count before uh before kickoff did we have over under six beers under yes i would say i was a shot i'm pretty sure not wrong. Okay, yes, yeah. it was a shot. Yes, there was yeah, also a yeah. uh, ghost pepper shot involved, uh, which was Dave took more. Ooh, like that a was champ delicious, though. Yeah. Yes, tasty. <laughs> yes, you took that more like a champ. I won I that at the bar. Everybody else was crying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Way no, we go. were we were well under six beers, though. We are okay out of practice and professionals, Herman. Yes. Okay, fine. That's true. I guess now you have a reason to stay sober. Got a podcast to record. Yeah. Well, good for both of you for staying professional. <laughs> so the game itself, uh, it was 1-0. Fire came away with the victory already. Uh, but Brad, what things did you notice coming right out of the gate here? Uh, right away, you could see a shape change, and it made a whole lot of sense. So first of all, notice that Jimenez was on the injury list. They gave a... a on the big board, they put a bunch of injuries up. So, uh, and he was replaced by Herbers, which meant that the fire played in a four-three-three with Pineda at the six, just the single six with dual eights next to him. Uh, and then they ended up defending in a four-one-four-one, uh, which you could really see live because you'd have those four midfielders just striped across. Uh, the midfield of Miami. So it was pretty easy to see live. It was great to see. And I thought it really worked for us and made a whole whole lot of sense. Yeah, definitely. I thought it was like a bummer that Jimenez was out. uh, But, you know, it was also exciting to see the new formation. And especially because he's been struggling, it was probably best that he kind of sat out for a while too. So. Yeah, I thought the injury kind of explained a couple things. Seemed like he was doing too much and not as mobile as we'd like to see him. So perhaps that explains that. Very well could. I had the distinct pleasure of receiving the updates from the game. And now I know you're under six beers. I was thinking that these were drunken updates that you were yelling at the game and then sending in text to our group message. A little disappointed to learn that was under six beers, but that's okay. I understand why that had to happen. Um, But I tried to put all of those updates in the notes while we break this down. And the first thing that hopped off the screen to me as well is Brian Gutierrez, the Chicago boy, uh, Megzied, had a big time Meg at around the 19th minute. And I mean, like went one direction and then was gone. Um, and in that kind of same possession there uh, for the fire, a really nice pass from Pineda finds Frankowski um, in the box who hits the bar is super, super close. Um, it, it looked like, and not only in the first half, but throughout the game, the fire had a lot of opportunities to score. Um, is that, what was the vibe, I guess, in the stadium there? Was, was it an exciting game? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it seemed like the fire were on the front foot. 
And more importantly, Miami never got anything going, especially in that first half. It never seemed like they were likely to score. Uh, we were on the defending goal side in the first half, and so the action was at the other end of the field at, for the majority of the time, and we were totally okay with that. Dave, what did you think? You know, there was a time where I think I turned to you, and I was like, we have to be winning the possession battle like 80 to 20%. And I think at that time it was pretty close. And then obviously, like, it kind of evened itself out, like, by the end of the first half and was, I think the fire were closer to like 60% and um, Miami was closer to 40, but um, I don't know. For, for me, I thought we were in control of the game completely. Like it, it, it just, there was no, there were no moments. I mean, there was a few moments where obviously Miami looked threatening, but for that, the majority of the game, I didn't think they were going to score at all. And it, we just had to make a better, you know, better, create a better, uh, opportunity for ourselves and maybe we could win this game which we ended up doing but you know it's not a fire game unless calvo makes a boneheaded move and then (laughs) tries to do something crazy to make up for it which dave put into text format and sent over to us Um, i didn't actually see the play but um know that he let a ball bounce past him i'm assuming towards his own goal and then tried to do a crazy bicycle uh, pass to make up for it basically he shouldn't have let the ball bounce though like as a defender like if you let the ball bounce like anything could happen at times like it could slip past you and and create opportunity for the other team but he seemed to purposely let it fall to the ground and did the bicycle kick as you (laughs) mentioned and it it was it was just unnecessarily fancy and and maybe the uh grandiose attempt that he had of the bicycle kick outside the 18 is slowly creeping in his head like i gotta do this once every like three games or something like that to keep them entertained so i I don't know it was it was weird so that's what i'm saying man it seems like he just he can't consistently do the basics of his job and then is like well check this out and it's like what no why don't you just do your job so you don't have to do any of those things (laughs) to be fair yes that's basically it (laughs) <laughs> to be fairer to him, he played very well in this game. So, <laughs> uh, I think, I mean, that's what he makes did. him, yeah. And I think that's what makes him an ideal left center back is because he can kind of do the flashy stuff and do, uh, the interceptions and be super aggressive and be important in the passing game. But when he's in a three back, he's just got two other people to help protect him. Whereas when he's just got one center back next to him, like the fire playing, it just makes it exposes him a little bit more. Although, again, this game being positive, he was very good. Excellent. The second half seemed to be more of the same. Barrich has a really good look at, in the 60th minute. Nice save by McCarthy. And the goal for the fire finally comes in the 69th. Nice. 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 <laughs> In the 69th minute, Luca puts in a set piece goal, but really that goal came down to McCarthy not being able to stop it. Not good technique on that where he got hands in front of it and then it went down and it just kind of dribbled into the goal. Yeah, we were right there for it too. That it was on our side of the pitch, uh, the second half and not really sure what he was doing. He kind of just didn't gobble it up, didn't put his body on it and it kind of you know, Brady, you can take it from there, but it kind of just left over. <laughs> yeah, a little bit yeah, of a circus out. seal. 
little circus yeah, yeah. seal moment, him flapping his arms up and around. Uh, or, 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 or. <laughs> the, I mean, what Stojanovic does well here is he hits it with topspin and it bounces before the goalkeeper. And coaches will say that over and over and over again, and players don't really think that much about it. But as a goalkeeper, if that ball bounces before you, you got to remember Soldier Field is going to be one of the more unpredictable fields across the MLS. There's no, it's not turf. It's, and it's going to be probably trampled down by football later on in this season. So anytime it hits the ground right before the goalkeeper, it just makes it that much harder for them. And he was already on the ground as it hit the ground. And it just meant that he was stranded after that. So good for us. Good for Luca. He is our leading goal scorer on the season, which is fantastic. And obviously we are glad to have him back. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. And later on, the fire had another chance, uh, more chances to put a few more in. Uh, didn't do it, but in the 83rd minute, uh, Collier had a great look, uh, a really good opportunity, couldn't keep it down. Um, and it seemed like to me, uh, Chicago had opportunities all day long. Uh, Miami seemed to play physical, but gave the fire a lot of really good chances. Only one of those went in um, for the fire, but is that also what you saw being in the stadium or did things look a little different if you're there live? I would say that Chicago seemed dominant as far as control of the field. Yeah. And like we said, it just didn't seem like Miami were going to score. Yeah. If we're being really critical, it didn't really seem like the fire were going to score until the second half. And even that, like when Collier had that miss, (laughs) Yeah, we both laughed. We were both like, oh my gosh, because it was nowhere close to the goal. And that kind of is what our, our shots looked like all game. Uh, but I just think we created enough. And it was the pressure consistently on McCarthy that then results in a mistake from a set piece. So I just, I just think the fire looked good overall and probably could have created more. But the best part was Miami had nothing. Yeah. Um, and, and I know a, a kind of crutch uh, or maybe the Achilles heel of the fire yeah. have really been their defense and a clean sheet is really good. Um, but did you see was the clean sheet due to the fire defense changing, playing better, or was it more due to Miami? Just as you said, Brad, looking like they looking and feeling like they really weren't going to score. I I think the focus, obviously, we had more than a week to prepare for this game. We barely noticed Pineda, except for good moments. And we barely noticed Calvo, except for one extraneous <laughs> bicycle pass. That's good news. That is good news for any yeah. defense, let alone the fire. Uh, so good games from them. Uh, and Pineda looked so much more comfortable as just, you know what? You are the shield in front of the back line. Come get the ball from us. Let the other guys create. And I just, it felt so much more comfortable for the whole team, including and especially Pineda. Okay. I, I, the, the one thing that I wished for coming out of this was kind of a more confident, secure win. Soccer is an extremely difficult sport to score in. 
getting a one nil win is a good thing. I was hoping for the first W that came for the fire to be a like three nil. It's their coming out party. Bam. Look at this team. They're ready to go. Things clicked. Here we go. Do you think expectations are too high there? Is that not really what this team is about? Or do we need to give the team more time to figure that out? What do you think, Dave? I was just happy enough with on to Montreal, three points, best game so far. I, I'm going to go the same route. That's how I feel. This is like, let's be optimistic about it. Okay. But then if you take a step back and, uh, you know, look at what really happened, like there wasn't a really clean goal. Uh, we were still way off. We were skying the ball over the net numerous times too throughout the game. But I don't want to be focused on the pessimism because we finally won too. So maybe this will launch us in the right direction. I do have one final piece of news. Uh, Chicago Fire did hire a new president, and she will be more of the financial, kind of the Nelson Rodriguez uh, situation. Her name is Ishwara Glassman-Krein. It sounds like Mansueto has tasked her with revenue and building the fan base. So she will be the business ops side of things, and it seems like she has a ton of great experience. So I'm very excited for her and excited for the fire. Thank you for that in-depth piece of knowledge, Brad. Relying on you for nuggets like that. (laughs) Staying in Chicago, moving over to the ladies of soccer. Chicago Red Stars this week played Gotham FC, and this game ended up being a nil-nil draw, 0-0. Some quick stats for you, Brady. Don't get too excited here. Red Stars had more shots and shots on goal overall, uh, but Gotham led in possession and pass accuracy. What else happened in this game, Brad? I think the Red Stars, despite the possession, uh, I think the Red Stars looked really good. I'm actually surprised they didn't score. Uh, It seemed they were the more likely of the two teams to do so. So I'm excited for the Red Stars. I think... You know, one goal would have changed this game, but coming away nil-nil, I'm okay with that. Uh, Mm -hmm. We also released the Momentum jersey, which is super awesome. I wanted to swear there, but I won't. Uh, It's all black. It's got light blue and red kind of camo on the arms and a graphic of the L at the bottom center of the jersey. And I'm not going to lie, I am probably going to get one of those. It's, It's too cool not to. Yeah. Nil, nil. I think we can be happy with, especially because last week we <laughs> lost five <laughs> to nothing. So forget about that. Okay, with a draw. Coming up this week, the Red Stars play twice. First game is May 26th versus Kansas City at 7 p.m. Second game is May 29th against the Houston Dash at 7.30 p.m. Midweek games. Yeah, baby. Moving right along to the game of the week. AC Milan versus Atalanta is what we chose for this weekend's, this past weekend's lineup. AC Milan came away with a victory, 2-0. And this was a game of ups and downs or plateaus and then peaks and then plateaus again. Everyone seemed kind of nervous. You could tell the Champions League was on the line. It was pretty edgy. Uh, This was a good example where the released lineup was actually the attacking version of the lineup and not what they were going to do defensively. It's just kind of interesting in that way. Uh, AC Milan came out with a 4-2-3-1 in attack. Pretty, you know, normal. You you get that. We've heard of that before. 
but then they were a 5-2-3 in defense. So the right winger, Alexis Salamakers, uh, would drop all the way down to the defensive line and be the additional defender. Calabria, who was the right back, would then pinch inside to mark whoever was the center striker for Atalanta. And that left Kerr to be the sweeper, who would just kind of be a free defender. So very interesting in that way that you would come out with very obvious separate formations for your attacking and defending. And I bet that it threw Atalanta off because Atalanta played a 3-4-2-1, which is their typical formation. Um, the wingbacks, I would say it's very similar to Chelsea, but the wingbacks don't go as high up the field. Their idea is more to get the ball to their feet, and then those two attacking midfielders would slide over to the same sideline ahead of the wingback. And so that would just cause number problems and overloads on the wings. And then it would also leave a ton of space behind the striker where another midfielder or the striker would drop off, whatever they need to. But there was a ton of gaps there um, that Milan would then have to deal with. And then I would say that you can see two versions of a pivot midfielder. So Milan had one pivot midfielder. Uh, Kessier would go back. He'd play, he played the number six. He'd go back to collect the ball. And Benacer played a true number eight. He touched every blade of grass. He would get out of the way and let Kessier get the ball first. Whereas Atalanta played with two pivots. They had two center midfielders who were both responsible for going back there, turning the ball around, and they had a ton of ball in this game. Yeah, absolutely. That first half really kind of got off to uh, a bit of a slower start. After the 20-minute mark, um, each team had single counter-type shots. Uh, there was a glancing header from Atlanta, uh, Atalanta, but um, overall kind of a stalemate a little bit. Yeah, that's hard for us Americans. You know, we, got, <laughs> we got the Georgia coming. Uh, <laughs> the fact that Milan came out to do something to destroy Atalanta's plan is super Italian. Mm -hmm. And so you're going to get these kind of formulaic games a little bit until something breaks and a goal goes in, essentially. Uh, But Atalanta would have been happy with this first half at this point, especially after 20 minutes. Balls in Milan's half. They can't really play it through the midfield. So they're doing a ton of long balls. And Atalanta had no problem winning those and getting it right back into Milan's half. Very interesting to know that that is Italian uh, football. That's the way it works is uh, very much trying to cut down what the other team is going to do. Um, Very tactical in that way. And it definitely showed up here. As I said, it was really a stalemate for most of it. And watching the highlights, the whole highlights was four minutes long because most of it was just checkmates all the way around. Yep. And then 39-20, that's when everything kind of breaks open for Milan. And it's all down to Kessier, who I thought was best player on the field and just played a fantastic game. But in this moment, he is doubled in the midfield and just decides, you know what, I'm taking this myself. And he breaks away down the left side near the half line. Uh, Chananoglu comes from the opposite sideline, essentially. He was being marked by the opposite side center back. And the fact that he left from that side of the field, no one ended up picking him up. He was wide open. He pops into space. So he gets the ball from Kessier, releases Theo Hernandez down the left sideline, who is super fast and pretty fresh at this point, and I'll touch on that later in the game. Uh, he's 1v1 against the opposing wing back Male. 
Uh, one more one, two with again from the other side, Salamakers. Uh, Male knows that he's in trouble. He knows Theo Hernandez is in behind him and he tries to block slash tackle the cross away. And Hernandez just gets it around him. It's a clear penalty for me. Dave, did you think it was a pen as well? It seemed very obvious. So I have no complaints. I have no heat coming. So <laughs> <laughs> no hot takes this time. No, no, no hot takes on this. The first goal of the game goes in at the 43rd minute, and that was a penalty kick goal to Kessier. Yeah, I was going to just say, for a second, I thought I sat on my remote when he ran up to take <laughs> this, but, you know, it all ended up going in. So. <laughs> Super slow run up, but a beautiful finish right in that left side. It was glorious. Uh, Atalanta had 381 ball possessions to Milan's 236. I actually thought the gap would be higher. Milan did not care because zero shots on target for Atalanta, one for Milan, and it counts. There you go. That one will do you in. Second half of this game had a similar start, uh, kind of a stalemate right to start off. And then in the 57th minute, the first real action takes place. An attack started on the left side, which is a common theme for Atalanta. Yep. And Atalanta had meaningful possession here. So now the center backs are pushed all the way into the Milan half. They're a goal down. They need to win this game. So they are trying to find a goal here. Malinovsky, one of the attacking mids, finds Zapata on the right side of the box, right at the corner of the six. He turns, he hits it, and it is just wide. It zips just outside of the post. So close. 59th minute, a really good save by Donnarumma. Yes, so now we're starting to see that Milan are getting pushed back into their own 18, and they're starting to lose Atalanta's attacking mids as a result because they're getting up high against the defensive line and then dropping out of the box, and Milan just don't have the energy or the wherewithal to keep tracking them. Muriel's cross uh, just about picks up Toloi, who had come from the outside and no one on Milan picked him up and Donnarumma just grabs it basically off of his foot. It was very much bang, bang. And if Donnarumma wasn't there, there's potentially a goal here. So a great save by him. And he, we didn't notice him very much in this game. Uh, and he's a world-class goalkeeper. So good to see that from him. And this prompted some change on uh, Milan's end in the form of substitutions. Right. So like I said, Milan was starting to get penned in pretty hard. So Mete comes in for Benacer, who, like I said, Benacer had been everywhere on the pitch by this time. So Mete is going to come in and just kind of give him some, uh, give him a breather. And then Krunic comes in for Brahim Diaz, more midfield help. Uh, this is more of an attacking midfielder change, but the way Milan were playing, they weren't doing a ton of attacking. So it wasn't a real tactical change, but just an energy thing. Like let's provide some help here. Yes, and Milan counters in the 68th minute. Uh, can we get the breakdown on that, though, Brad? Of course, because immediately <laughs> Mete jumps into a loose ball and just charges downfield. He displaces Darun as he as if he wasn't there, and then he plays Rafael Lau in behind, who does this little dink, the perfect little dink chip, striker chip, and it hits off the far post. So close to going in, so close to icing this game. In the 69th minute, then Darun uh, finally gets to him, uh, or I should say the game finally gets to him, gets shown the yellow card there. Yeah, he's he's starting to get beat at this point. Uh, this time it is Leao who wins a 
And uh, Darun's like, okay, no more of that. Gives him a swift kick, and uh, Leal <laughs> falls down rather uh, <laughs> with uh, beauty, shall we say. <laughs> with grace, flopping grace. <laughs> In the 79th minute, uh, we have more substitutions here, I believe. It's time for Atalanta. So Pasalic comes from for melee and I just wanted to point this out because we have one less defender back there we're kind of switching into a 4-2-3-1 for Atalanta uh Pasalic is a attacking mid so this is an attacking four sub uh we're trying to get a goal back in this game but in the 85th again we didn't talk too much about Donnarumma who he's a very very good goalkeeper but I think he makes his best save here it was an out swinging corner kick and he makes this glorious diving punch and gets fouled for his trouble. And if he doesn't decide, if he isn't brave in that moment, there's a chance that Atalanta have an opportunity. And then in the 91st minute, it's chaos. So we've got a (laughs) foul high up the field. Milan take the free kick quickly. And because of the way Atalanta were just kind of shifting and changing and just trying to score, no one was out left on their left side to cover Milan's right back, who just goes storming down the wing. He crosses it in. Chananoglu has a nice touch, turns, but he does the old lefty-righty where you step your foot down, clip the ball accidentally with your left foot so that when your right foot swings through, it hits the totally wrong side of the ball, goes well wide of the goal, right into Gosen's arm. And I just, Dave, I don't know what you think about this. It didn't really seem like a pen to me, except you have to call it because it just, it doesn't hit anything else but his hand. Yeah, I, I guess it, it appears incidental, but yeah, I mean, you have to. It's just the rules now, especially with VAR. It's, uh, you have to do it. <laughs> I, I kind of wish there was some common sense in the fact that it was going so far wide. But yeah, it hits his hand. What are you going to do? With VAR, uh, there is no common sense. <laughs> That's true. We've established that. <laughs> and then as a result, everyone's mad. And uh, I mean, Champions League is on the line. So uh, Darun hits Krunic somehow. It's off screen. Uh, and I don't really know what happened, but he gets himself a straight red. So I thought we were pointing out the yellow card earlier to then he was going to get a second yellow, but no, this is straight red. He will miss games coming into next season for sure. And then Dalo got a yellow, I think just for yelling at the ref and for being part of the nonsense, but that sets up another PK for Kessier. Yes. Who puts it in. Brad mentioned he was the best player in this game to his eyes. Kessier wraps it up 93rd minute with a PK, putting the game out of reach for Atalanta. And that was it. But Brad, give us this aftermath of the game uh, breakdown, the stats. Sure. Uh, that means AC Milan is in the Champions League next season. I am sort of a quiet Milan fan because in the 90s you could only watch them. Uh, so that I love them. But in any case, uh, there were 13 shots and only one rather tame shot on goal for Atalanta. That's not a good enough uh, shot total for a home team. They had 88% passing accuracy, which is amazing, but very little of it was into the box both by design of Milan and also I just don't think Atalanta were adventurous enough. I just don't think they really were testing Milan. 
one of the things that you have to do if you are a team in possession and good solid possession like Antalanta were, you have to touch one sideline and then touch the opposite sideline because otherwise a team as buckled in as Milan were, you're not making them work that hard. So I thought there were 15 attacks down the left side, nine down the right side, and not enough of what I just talked about, the sideline to sideline. Uh, and I think because of that, it could have contributed to Thayer Hernandez's first goal because so much of it was on the opposite sideline from Hernandez. He had time to just kind of be ready for a counter. And when they got the opportunity, he was flying and no one was catching him. So I think that definitely contributed. Excellent. Ah, And also the beautiful nature sounds from Dave. (laughs) I can hear them. Yes. I'm sorry. If everybody's been hearing the beautiful wind and the the waves hitting, and then also a pack of coyotes slowly hunting me down. That is because I'm in the outdoors right now. So enjoy it for this one week while it lasts. (laughs) You stay safe, Dave. You stay safe. Yeah. (laughs) Now let's travel over to England. English Premier League wrapped up its regular season. Is that what we call it? Uh, This past weekend. Uh, Tottenham. Let's hit them up first. Brad, the team played, I should say, the Hotspur played Aston Villa and Leicester City. Well, Aston Villa, we're not even going to mention. That game never happened. Don't worry about it. It's canceled. Okay. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, just super disappointing to lose a game when you, you know, you need to keep winning. But anyway, didn't happen Uh, because then we played Leicester City and ended up winning four to two. Although at one point we were losing one to nothing and then we're losing two to one to some very, yeah, they were pens, but I'm salty about them. Uh, and so we were out, (laughs) we were out of the Europa conference league for about 60 minutes there, which was pretty telling. And then Arsenal was going to be in front of us, which just stressful. Uh, and then wait, 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 Brady, we got to take a second here. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You got to explain what the Europa conference league is because Uh, nobody knows what that is. That's fair. Yeah. Because yeah. Okay. (laughs) So it's a new tournament. Thank you for making me explain this, Dave. Uh, It's a new tournament that is sort of a step down from the Europa League. If you could believe it, they found another tournament for that. Um, So basically teams that were in seventh place or just below Europa League qualifying places are going to qualify for this conference league, which, by the way, I'm going to call the UCL anyway, and it makes it sound like the Champions League. So that's how we're going to deal with that. (laughs) Anything I need to add, Dave? All right. (laughs) <laughs> no, I'm good. <laughs> All right. Let's go back into the good parts of the game where uh we had the ultimate attacking line in Bale, Lucas, Son, and Kane. It looked glorious. I wish we could have seen it all season, but Mourinho and Bale's fitness and Kane's fitness and whatever else, but it was glorious to see while it worked. Bale got himself two goals and then he gets to leave. Great. Uh, but on his second, there was a moment where Soyonchu just simply followed Kane, leaving Bale to a wide open net, essentially. But he was just like, Kane is not going to score on me. He's not going to win this golden boot on me. It was very obvious. Uh, although B- Kane does end up winning the golden boot. Uh, but Bale skillfully passes to himself off the left post. It was glorious. Um, the way 
Kane was clapping the fans at the end of the game and the way he was hugging teammates and I could see tears, although I might've been inventing them through my own. <laughs> I think that he's gone. I unfortunately think I just, I don't know how yeah. Spurs could keep him. Uh, yeah. He was a leading assister and goal scorer for the premier league. Honestly, he deserves better than what Spurs have given him as far as trophies are concerned. It hurts me to say, but he's such a quality player. I really hate to rub sand in your eyes, Brady, but like, is Bale gone too? I forgot about that. And then is Son going to follow or is Son locked up under contract? Son's still locked up pretty good, and I don't think that he's going anywhere. Yes, Bale's gone. He's just alone. So Spurs would have to make a move yeah, to get him yeah. back, which this was an expensive loan what for I wondered. him to. Yeah, for him to barely play. Uh, and then we are dealing with Levy, though. Levy may look at Kane and say, the deals aren't good enough for you. We're going to let you walk at the end, but the deals aren't good enough to just sell you. Now, I don't think that's the case because he's one of the best strikers in the world and people will pony up, I'm pretty sure. Yep, 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 yep. It's long overdue. I hate to say it, Brady, but this might be the time that Tottenham cashes in. It hurts. It hurts. I'm sure it does hurt, but I think I you know. do. That was me. You do speak the truth when you say, "As good as he's been, he deserves better than what Tottenham has been able to provide to him." So, I wish him the best. I also wish you and your mental health the best, Brad. And who knows? We'll see what happens in the off season. All right, Dave. Moving over to Liverpool. And uh, it's finally you, my turn. Yes, it's finally <laughs> your turn. And I know you're going to be so excited to talk about everything because, boy, did Liverpool finish strong. Uh, yeah, it was pretty sweet. Uh, Bobby oh Formino uh, kept it up, <laughs> uh, kept up his amazing pace at the end of the season. He actually showed up and started scoring goals. He continued it at Burnley. We got a goal from Phillips too, the big man, uh, who I think might actually be uh, Virgil van Dyke's partner come next season. Mm-hmm. And a little nice send off for uh, Chamberlain as well against Burnley. So that was that was a fun little game. Kept us in the race for everything, uh, you know, and just building off the hype of that amazing goal by Becker from the last game too. So, and then on uh, the final uh, game of the season, uh, Mane shows back up, who has had a pretty down year. Uh, scores a brace, um, uh, goals in the 36th and 74th minutes. Uh, that coupled with Leicester City losing to Tottenham, as we talked about, and then uh, Chelsea losing to Aston Villa actually cap, catapulted Liverpool, Liverpool up to uh, third place, which, you know, you told me that like a month ago, I would just laughed at you. But, hey, here we are. You know, like, you know, we're, we're super fortunate, super lucky. I don't know. It, it ended up being great because we were, I think, only um, a, a couple games behind Man United's pace, too, which, you know, I, I would have laughed at, too, if you told me that a month ago. So very exciting finish for Liverpool. I am very optimistic. The team will be much healthier next year. And despite all that went wrong, somehow we still wound up in third place. So, you know, I'm just going to write this one off as a bad year. And I think <laughs> next year, um, Liverpool will be okay. So, Dave, I do have With a question. With that, though, I'm going to just – oh, okay, okay. <laughs> well, I is Van Dyke playing in the Euros? I think I saw something that he was not. He is not supposed to. If if you heard that he has, that's new news for me because okay. I've heard that he's going to sit out 
I'm not even quite sure about Henderson either, although I think he'll probably try and push it. But I, I think it's best for them all to just sit out. It, it, Liverpool has just been completely ravaged by injuries, and I think, I think they're pretty angry, and I think they want to come <laughs> back and prove to City that it, they weren't a one-year fluke. Yep. No, I think that's fair. And I think for you and for Liverpool, Van Dyke not playing in the Euros is probably a good thing. Oh, absolutely. I totally agree. Moving right along to soccer from other places in the world as well, because so much happened this weekend. Um, Dave, I'm going to pass things over to you because I know you got the breakdown to start with. Yeah. So just to kind of wrap up uh, the EPL, um, you know, City ran away with it with this with it this year, uh, filed by United. So it was an all Manchester year, which was disgusting, but we'll just have to deal with it. Uh, next year, we'll have to switch it up. At least it wasn't an all London year though. So I guess that's okay. Uh, Liverpool in third with 69 points. Nice. Uh, Chelsea uh, with 67. Leicester City with 66 and West Ham with 65. So Leicester City and West Ham are playing in Europa. Uh, Tottenham, as, as we were talking about, are in the new conference league. Uh, it's fantastic that they beat Arsenal. That's good. By one point, but they still were ahead of them. So we have to be happy about that. True. And then, uh, you know, I thought Leeds was pretty much going to only get 10th place, but they ended up leapfrogging Everton into ninth. So that was super exciting. They're level on points, but they had a better goal differential because, you know, Leeds United is all out, you know, like no stop offense, no defense. So it, it was just cool to see. And as we had mentioned in previous weeks, uh, Fulham, West Brom and Sheffield United have been relegated. Um, so I'm going to switch over to the championship real quick. Uh, we're going to have Norwich and, uh, Watford leapfrog up to the premier league to take th- two of those three spots that we were just talking about for relegation, uh, in the playoffs right now, though, um, uh, Brentford ended up eliminating Bournemouth, um, and Swansea eliminated Barnsley. So unfortunately, there was no Daryl DK magic in the uh, second leg of the Barnsley Swansea game. Uh, but now this has set up a, a final at Wembley between Brentford and Swansea. And as much as it'd be fun to see Swansea up again, I think it, it'd be more important to have a new team up in the EPL. And I've heard Brentford's really well run and they're an entertaining team. So I think they might be a team that could sustain success there. By success, I don't mean like obviously launching themselves up into the top seven or anything, but maybe a middle of the table team that could hang up there for a while, uh, like a Leeds. Yeah, that'd be uh, good to see. Definitely tune into that. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that game is on the same day as the champions league final. So we will uh, mention what time that is later today. A little bit, uh, less build up for the championship final than there is for the champions league final, but it's a big win. It's a, a big move. Yes. You can make it up to the premier league. All right, I will move us into La Liga because that also wrapped up this past weekend. Atleti wins it. Atletico Madrid with their first title since 2013-2014. Luis Suarez says take that to Barcelona. So that's pretty fun. And to see his emotion after the game was pretty cool. Real Madrid were second, Barca third. So for all the trash and for all the... You know, they're not playing very well right now. Second and third ain't that bad. It's just how good of clubs they are. Uh, that we expect them to do better than that. Sevilla rounds out the Champions League places. They've been pretty much around there all season. 
Sociedad and Betis, both Real, uh, are, will be in the Europa League. And then Villarreal, seventh place, will join Tottenham in the Conference League. Nice Huesca. roll, Dar. Oh, thank you. Huesca, Valladolid, and Ibar are relegated. And then the Golden Boot winner with 30 goals, which is insane, wow. is Lionel Messi. And just to compare that to other great strikers, slash he doesn't even play striker, Kane had 23 and won wow. the Premier League with that. So that's just ridiculous. He will be the biggest story of the offseason for sure. Is he going to stay? Will he go? Will he join the fire? Because yes, come join the fire. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Suddenly this is a fantasy. <laughs> Uh, I will take us to Italy now. Um, so Inter locked it up quite some time ago. Um, so, you know, good turnout for Inter. And uh, obviously Milan making the Champions League is huge as well. So it was a great year for the city of Milan. Uh, wrapping it up was Atalanta and uh, Juventus uh, for the Champions League. Uh, unfortunately, Napoli lost to the middle of the table, Verona, um, yes. which allowed Juventus to sneak into the Champions League. Which is good for soccer, but bad if you hate rooting against Giants, which sometimes I do. So I was kind of hoping they weren't going to make it, but they did. So Napoli and Lazio uh, have the Europa League spots, and then Roma is in the Conference League. So there's another Giant in the Conference League with you there, Brady, so you don't feel alone. Uh, Benevento, Crotone, and Parma were all relegated. Uh, I don't know who's coming up, but... uh, I am not super familiar with any of those clubs. I don't know if this is really much of a surprise. So I've seen Parma around for a while, but I feel like Crotone and Benevento just kind of bounce up and down. And yeah, I I really won't be a, uh, very familiar with any of the promoted Italian teams. Uh, I'm going to take us over to League 1. So Lille, or FC Timiwea, as I call them, get the victory. They win it. PSG simply couldn't catch Lille. They had a goal differential of 58, which is crazy. 17 better than Lille, who won the championship. So pretty fascinating. They just lost too many games. Lille had some of those tight wins, probably some nil-nils or one-ones that they just eked out, and PSG just had too many losses for no points. Monaco claims the last Champions League spot. Lyon and Marseille are into Europa League. And then Rennes will join the Spurs and Roma and the Conference League. So there are some pretty good teams in this league. It'll be interesting. And that's me just saying that to make myself feel better. Nantes are in the relegation playoffs versus Toulouse. Both of those teams have been in the top flight before, and I uh, know those teams well. So it'll be interesting to see which one wins that battle. And then Nimes and Dijon are relegated. So uh, no more fancy mustard in the French League next year. What will we do without the fancy mustard? <laughs> I do want to make a quick shout out to the Dutch league where Ajax was dominant all season. Uh, they beat out PSV, who will also be in the Champions League. And then AZ Alkmaar uh, will make their way into Europa. Goodbye, FC MN, although they're in a, a playoff for the relegations. But VV Venlo and Den Haag will be. We'll see ya. Excellent. Thank you, boys, for the breakdown. So much soccer. So many seasons got wrapped up this past weekend. Lots of good things. But we must always look ahead. Never look back. Never look to the past. Always forward. (laughs) Okay.
Looking forward to this weekend and the big game of the week. The Champions League final, Chelsea versus Man City, taking place May 29th at 2 p.m. If I need to explain to you why this is a big game, you're in the wrong. You're it's listening the to the Champions wrong League final. <laughs> it's the best teams in Europe. It's going to be a great game. Uh, there's no more reason than that to watch. But if you do need a reason, City's forward list tactics versus a Chelsea three back who will be scrambling around trying to find someone to mark. Who will that favor? City will have a bunch of the ball, is my guess. But can Captain America be the difference maker, Christian Pulisic? <laughs> I don't think he'll start, but I, I'm betting that he comes off the bench and scores a vital goal. Let's see it. Uh, it'll be the first time ever uh, two Americans could make the starting lineup, but it is the first time ever that two Americans are in the final. Very cool. Champions League final predictions. Boys, what are we thinking, Dave? I'm going Chelsea two to one. Ooh. Right in your books. City Damn. gets denied again. Chelsea are angry that they are in fourth place. Who get it? So hot take of the week. So okay. just to just to provide more content, Dave, you're wrong. City are going to be amazing. <laughs> They're going to be really prepared. It's going to be kind of a bloodbath. 3 nothing or 3-1 City. Wow. All right. Excellent. I'm very much looking forward to watching that game. I think it'll be really, really good. going to be very interesting to see if that Man City offense shows up, what Chelsea can do against it. Good stuff. This week, also... On May 29th, but at noon, midday kickoff, the Fire are playing Montreal. Check out that eighth grade French pronunciation. Uh, How about that? (laughs) Yes, we have a winnable game this weekend for the Fire. Montreal just lost to FC Cincinnati. So... That should mean that we are can take our momentum from Miami and give us another win. The problem is one of their best players, Bro Guillard, is the right wing back and will be playing against our rather leaky left side. So mm-hmm. let's hope we can defend against him. And But I still see a win here. I still think that the fire could get this across the line. 2 nothing, 2-1. That's what I'm hoping for. Carry that momentum over. I like it. Dave, score prediction? Absolutely. Let's go. Uh, yeah, I'm thinking one nil again. Something similar. Maybe instead of the left side of the goal, it's to the right side. And okay. uh, we won one nil. So. <laughs> nice. There we go. That's all we need. Very specific. Very specific. I'm thinking you're probably placing some bets on what <laughs> the score will be and where it's going to be scored. Best of luck to you and your upcoming mortgage. <laughs> <laughs> all right other games that are happening the europa league final man u versus villarreal may 26th at 2 p.m the championship playoff final may 29th brentford versus swansea at 9 a.m and another interesting game in the MLS this week is going to be LAFC versus NYCFC. Brad, why would one want to tune into that game? Just 
two of the best teams in the MLS right now. Uh, probably the best matchup of the weekend as well. Two teams that want to press each other and two teams that want the ball. So there will be plenty of battle in that midfield. It'll be pretty fun. Also coming up, U.S. men's national team plays Switzerland May 30th at 1.15 early afternoon game. So last week was like the wild card round playoffs where there's just games on all the time. It was March madness. It was week. It was the first round of March madness games on all over the place. <laughs> all of them are important. Check them out this week. We still have really good games coming. Important things are happening. Champions League final is like 10 games put into one. That's big stuff. Got to check that out. Europa League final, uh, championship playoff final, big stuff coming. Make sure you tune in, um, watch that game of the week so that when we break it down uh, next week, you know what we're talking about. I will say Champions League is this final is basically the Super Bowl for soccer fans. It's just mm -hmm. the best teams playing it. And really the fact that it's two English teams again is showing out for the Premier League how quality of a league it really is. Closing thoughts, gentlemen. Dave, uh, can you turn your mic up so we can get some more bird sounds going? Caw -caw. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you. Oh, man. The glory of nature. Uh, my closing thoughts are this is sort of the end of our season one, if you will, kind of our trial period as we figure our way as through this maze of podcasting. Uh, we're going to try and get episodes out weekly. Uh, we'll see how it works with technology and production and our own willingness and abilities to survive. <laughs> wow. You make it sound pretty intense. I, I sort didn't, of uh, that. <laughs> 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 At least we can't get relegated. <laughs> Very good. If you have feedback for us, we are always welcome to hearing that. Email us, windycitywingers.info at gmail.com, whether it's good, bad, helpful, or just plain rude. Actually, if it's rude, don't send it. I don't have time for that. I have a job and do other things all the time. So leave your mean thoughts in your head. Brad is who you should reach out to if you have oh, mean things to say. And it's got to be about stats. Otherwise, he won't listen to you. Brady, where can people find you? Yes, ratio me on Twitter. It's uh, <laughs> at StatBro. Uh, basically, right now, it's just a link from all of my articles that I have written. But I will try to be better in the future. Nice. And Dave? People want to reach out to you and congratulate you oh, yeah. on the amazing season that Liverpool finished off with. Yeah, they could reach me at WCW Dave on Twitter and Instagram. And, you know, if they need a void to put their non-stats related rude thoughts, I suppose they could send them my way <laughs> and I'll just ignore them. You know, excellent. There you go. Good time. OK, very good. Working together as a team. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Make sure you tune in next week. A lot of good things coming this weekend. We're going to break them down for you next week. Thanks, everybody. <laughs>